Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ FM Network, AM 860 The Answer KPAM, AM 1640 The Patriot, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. And what I'd like to ask you to do is email me at Mike Lee at KPDQ.com if you'd like to discuss what it takes to qualify for maybe hosting your own radio program. How to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business, both on the air and through our state-of-the-art digital and online resources through our Salem Surround Marketing Branch. How to host one of our station's events when the world gets back to normal, and it will, and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you. And most importantly, if your pastor or ministry leader could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of responsibly social distanced coffee— and maybe connections to other people, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com, which is spelled M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And speaking of pastors, Virgil Brown is launching a new church coming September 13th in Northeast Portland. It's called Redemption Church. Make sure to check out the website redemptionchurchpdx.org to find out more. So welcome, Pastor Virgil Brown. How are you today, sir? Doing well, brother. Good to be with you. Thanks a lot for spending time with us as you prepare for this new church launch that we're very excited about. Among other things, Virgil and his wife, Kelsey Brown, have been married for 14 years. Together, they have four children. They met at Northwest University, where each of them earned ministry degrees. And Virgil also studied at the prestigious Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And by God's grace, Virgil planted a healthy and thriving church in Gresham, Oregon, where he became the lead pastor of Gresham Bible Church, which was attended by our very own Justin and Michelle Mansfield. Is that correct, Virgil? That's correct. You got it all except for one part. Uh, Kelsey and I, we just celebrated an anniversary, so 15 years married now. God bless you and congratulations. And before hey, we roll you. into more of your history and the church about to launch, by all means, feel free to boast on your kids. Oh, happy to do that. Uh, my oh, my oldest kid is Olive. She's 12, soon to be a teenager. Uh, just a delight, a strong leader, a great student, a wonderful friend to her friends, a great oldest child of a large family, super helpful um, yeah, really a joy. And then there's my, my son, Lincoln, who is also delightful. He's 10. Uh, he's all boy, very active, also super sharp, uh, excited to see how the Lord's going to use him in the future. Great brother, uh, the only brother. Uh, so he has three sisters, and uh, he struggles through that at times. But uh, in the last year, we bought him a dog, a boy dog. To, to try and help balance things out. He's very happy about that. And I have a six-year-old 
Uh, Coco, wonderful kid, spunk. She's kind of the party of the family. She's a walking party. And we uh, just adore her and all of the joy that she brings to our family. And really, she takes joy wherever she goes. And my youngest is Georgia. She's four. And she is uh, kind of firmly entrenched as the baby of the family. She's really embraced that role uh, and, and, and lives into it quite well. Uh, so uh, that's Georgia. She's great, too. A lot of fun. And, uh, you know, is, is mama's girl for sure. She's the one crawling into my bed first thing in the morning, always wanting to be tucked in at night, of course. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. It sounds like you really enjoy fatherhood, don't you, Virgil? I do. Um, uh, my kids are, uh, a gift from the Lord and they have, uh, enriched my life and my wife's life in a number of ways. One of the things that really stands out to me, though, is uh, how I've been able to reflect on God as our Heavenly Father while being a father myself, uh, you know, patiently enduring with a child who might at times be a little testy, you know, uh, testing the limits, uh, seeing how far they can take things, or, uh, you know, making mistakes, uh, disappointing me, and how I respond to that. Uh, how at least I try to respond, uh, is to respond to them the way the Lord responds to me. Uh, A God who's merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So I try to show that to my kids. And God is able to just continue to remind me about his character as I'm doing that. Uh, In addition to that, um, uh, the kids uh, bring a lot of life to our home. Well, we stay pretty busy. And as you might imagine, during COVID, being locked down with four kids, um, you know, we have been cooped up and we've learned a lot about each other and we've had a lot of fun together, too. So let's talk about the whole coronavirus and the closures that have gone on since March. What adjustments have you and your wife made to make this season more palatable, not simply just getting by, but taking advantage of certain situations that you might not have had had the world stayed somewhat normal? That's a great question. Um, In our marriage, our 15 years of marriage, we've never known a time when I have been home most evenings. Uh, So we have stayed pretty active and busy, Uh, Everything from uh, seminary to planting a church and the demands that comes with being a pastor um, to my wife's own pursuits and our kids' activities. I wouldn't say that we were too busy, but we were pretty busy. And we were able to shift gears and just enjoy a slower pace of life uh, over the last few months. That's been really refreshing. Um, Our family has shared more dinners together. Conversations have kind of had more time to develop than in past times when it's like, okay, we got to wrap this up because we got to get on to the next thing. Uh, we've played lots of board games, lots of card games. We've uh, watched some old classic movies together with our kids. We've taken lots of walks, gone on tons of bike rides, visited um, parks safely, of course. And uh, the kids have cooked a lot with Kelsey. Um, we've read lots of books. It's just been... Uh, like I said, really refreshing. And one thing for me personally uh, that I've taken away is I think some of the busyness that was in my life before wasn't that strategic 
uh, or maybe even that necessary. So I think moving forward, once we are past COVID, um, I'd like to uh, take with me into that next season of live some of the things that I've learned over the last few months. Well, it's certainly been a challenging season, Virgil, but good things have come out of it. And one of those for me personally has been being forced to hit the brakes and stop and reevaluate why I do what I do. And like you, it was never intentional, but I sure missed a lot of meals or forced them to be late at night when I was making that commute from Salem to Portland five days a week. Mm. Whereas now I'm enjoying dinner when the sun's still up. And I'm enjoying not being out as late as usual. Do you think those of us working in ministry often forget the main thing and don't prioritize our schedule as efficiently as we should, especially those of us with spouses and kids? Mike, my answer is absolutely to that question. And here in part is why I think that happens. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave us a model to follow, and it's one of sacrifice. Uh, it's one of self-denial. Uh, and one of the things that we can do as pastors uh, is get the wrong read on that and become overly pious, um, meaning uh, we get uh, really comfortable um, sacrificing things we shouldn't. Um, we can, and we can do that with a clear conscience uh, because we think we're taking our lead from the Lord, right? Uh, but that actually is to our own detriment. Uh, where a uh, number of us fail is prioritizing our own our own selves, our own health, uh, our own emotional well-being, the well-being of our spouses if we're married, and our kids if we have kids. Um, and, and sadly down the road, many pastors see the fruit of that. So something I'm trying to be watchful over, uh, pray about that often. And then I try to take, uh, intentional steps to build intimacy into my marriage with Kelsey to, uh, build my relationships with each one of my kids and to slow down so that, um, I can take care of myself too. Well, that's important, Virgil, so I'm glad that you're conscientious of this. All right, brother in Christ, I'm going to call you out. You might get a pass because of the whole coronavirus thing and of having four kids and a dog at home, but when was the last time you took your wife out for a date one-on-one in some way, shape, or form? And that could include a walk or a park. Obviously, so many things are closed that didn't used to be closed. When was your last one-on-one date? All right, Mike. Last night, brother. (laughs) just last night. So uh, Kelsey and I uh, were able to take a walk. Uh, We had had dinner, and uh, after dinner, we cleaned up and got everyone settled. We just walked around the neighborhood uh, for about, you know, half an hour. It's pretty short, but even those short little walks that we are able to take, um, they, uh, they allow us quiet time to talk and just reflect on the day. Uh, And that's been really good for us. Good for you, Virgil. I am impressed. So tell us about where you met Kelsey. Was that the Northwest University in the state of Washington? Because there's more than one, right? That's right, yeah. We met at Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington, 
if you ever see uh, that Kirkland signature name on a product, uh, it's because that's Costco's headquarters right there in Kirkland. Um, that's where we went to college, really close to beautiful Lake Washington. Um, the really cool thing about our college experience is um, the Seahawks practice facility was located on our campus. Um, uh, land was really hard to come by, still is in the Seattle area. And so they were able to work out a deal with our old school to develop and uh, establish a practice facility there. So in college, uh, my wife would go out for a jog and she would look over her shoulder and see like Sean Alexander, then the running back for the Seahawks, jogging up the street as well. Uh, in married student student housing, I could open my patio door and look out and see them practicing. So that was really cool, along with the beauty of the area and the education that we received. We both grew in our faith. Uh, I came to understand God's word and love God's word better um, and understand better how to be a pastor uh, at Northwest. It was a great experience. I had no idea about that. So along the lines of Northwest University with Sean Alexander and other Seahawks. That must have been a rush for football fans, huh? Oh, big time. She wasn't much of a football fan, though. I was. Uh, she would say, hey, I was out running, and there's this huge guy uh, coming up behind me, and uh, she would kind of describe how he looked or point to him later on, and I would say, oh, that's, that's this player or another player. Um, it was a great time to be a Seahawks fan because that's when the, the franchise was really ascending, uh, so, yeah, tons of fun. All right. So if you're married 15 years now, was that Matt Hasselbeck era? Who was the quarterback? We had Hasselbeck, and uh, he was at his peak during that time. Great quarterback. Alexander was at his peak. Walter Jones, Steve Hutchinson. Uh, the offense was it was clicking. Um, you, you may remember we lost a heartbreaking game to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl during those years. Yeah, Big Ben Roethlisberger has broken some hearts over the years with that gun of his, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. But regardless, Virgil Brown is here today, and not only that, but he is launching a new church as the lead pastor of Redemption Church, which is launching September 13th in Northeast Portland. So, where exactly is that going to be? When are services going to begin? And with COVID virus restrictions, do people need to RSVP or can they just show up to some degree? Yeah, great questions. Uh, so we are going to be meeting. We've been really blessed by the hospitality of an existing church, Berean Baptist Church on North Vancouver Avenue. Their leadership and their congregation has warmly um decided to open their doors and uh, allow us space to use in their building. So we're meeting in their building on Sundays at 4 p.m. And the first gathering is on September 13th at 4 p.m. Information about that gathering, how to register, uh, and what you can expect is found on our website, redemptionchurchpdx.org.org. So yes, we are asking people to register to come uh, because we are following the guidelines that our governor has uh, strongly recommended and we're capping our capacity at 50 people. Uh, we will maintain safe distance at all times. We'll ask people to wear a mask. 
We will take temperatures as people come in and do a very quick health screening. Um, and once everyone's settled in the sanctuary, uh, we will proceed with uh, an encouraging, Bible-focused, Christ-centered service. It's just so simple. We're very excited about the launch coming up at 4 p.m. on Sunday, September 13th. Lead Pastor Virgil Brown will be hosting the very first service of Redemption Church. With more details at the website, redemptionchurchpdx.org. That's redemptionchurchpdx.org. More with Lead Pastor Virgil Brown next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Virgil Brown. He is the lead pastor of Redemption Church, launching in Northeast Portland on Sunday, September 13th at 4 p.m. The location is Berean Baptist Church on North Vancouver Avenue. So what is your connection with this church, Virgil? How did you stumble upon them? Well, when we moved into Portland last year, I pretty quickly began a search for a meeting space. Uh, and with that search, I was looking to find a church that would benefit by having us meet there and you know, us being generous toward them for them opening their doors to us. If we could bless the church in that way, we wanted to do that. Uh, we were also looking for a partner who would be, you know, somewhat like-minded. And uh, we, we found that with Berean Baptist Church, uh, their, pa- their pastor, Randy West, and uh, their board uh, have been very gracious. Uh, so we're very happy to be meeting there. Additionally, uh, they were in the right location. So we wanted to be in north, northeast Portland, uh, historically known as Albina, the Albina District of Portland. Uh, because uh, that area, even though it has changed and has experienced a lot of gentrification, it still remains uh, a very diverse uh, area. It's also an area that's densely populated Um, and uh, a strategic location, too, because it's really accessible uh, uh, from North Portland and Northeast Portland and even down from Vancouver. Uh, So for us, that was important, Uh, its strategic location uh, and having just great host in Berean Baptist Church. I love it. I'm glad that you partnered alongside Pastor Randy West and the good people of Berean Baptist Church. So what's your vision for Redemption Church, Virgil? Our vision for Redemption Church is to see people grow in maturity in Jesus Christ. So we want to see Christians growing in their comprehension of the gospel, living by faith, uh, sharing their faith, uh, really pressing into mission more and more. Um, We also are starting this church because we want to see uh, sinners saved. We want to do faithful evangelism in our city. We thank God for all of the other churches that are already doing that good work. So we're, we're joining with them in that effort to serve the city of Portland. Uh, we believe that the Lord has many in this city who belong to him. And uh, we're really happy to be a part of 
uh, a, a part of God bringing those people uh, into his family. So we want to do evangelism. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to see people become whole in Christ. We want to see Christians strengthened in their in their faith, in their knowledge of God's word. Um, we want to be a church, too, that has um, a great reputation uh, in the city. I think um, part of uh, the challenge for churches in general in Portland at times is uh, there, there aren't always really, churches don't always have a very strong presence. And so for us, presence really matters. And, uh, what that boils down to is being salt and light, um, you know, doing good works before, uh, men and women so that they will see them and glorify a father in heaven. And that's really about us, you know, making, the gospel appetizing. That's one of the key ways that it happens. Uh, so we want to have that presence. Um, also, um, I believe that the church, the local church, is a missionary. Uh, I believe that when we labor to build a healthy, uh, faithful church, that we are able to create a compelling community. Uh, so you know, the love that we show one another in the body of Christ, uh, the way that we care for one another, the, 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 the generosity that we show, uh, the, the patient endurance that we show each other, the unity of the church, all of those things, just being the body as God has designed, it is a powerful witness to the unbelieving world. Uh, so we're, we're hoping to do that. Uh, with the Lord's help, create that compelling community in this city and to be light uh, in that way, a light that will draw uh, people in. I would say that we need that in the Portland metropolitan area more than ever. So I'm glad, Virgil, that you're launching Redemption Church in Northeast Portland for such a time as this. So let's backtrack a little bit. Do you remember the first time you laid eyes on Kelsey, who is now your wife back at Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington? I do remember we met on the very first day on campus. We were standing in line to register for our classes. She was in front of me. She turned around and introduced herself. I said, hi. Uh, we ended up having a couple of classes together, first semester, one second semester, and over the course of taking classes together and seeing each other around campus or in the cafeteria, um, we became friends. And uh, by the end of the school year, uh, we were on a path to becoming more than friends. Um, what really... Um, maybe accelerated that was we had a summer course together and the summer courses at Northwest were all intensive three weeks long, five days a week, three hours each day. So we were together a lot in that class. We took a Pentateuch class together and we ended up studying together a few times. And I remember being uh, in my dorm room uh, one night and um, thinking, man, Kelsey's pretty great. And the next day deciding, I'm going to ask her out. And so uh, we had the DTR. We defined the relationship that we were going to be more than just friends, but try 
try this courtship thing and kind of see where it leads. So we did that six months later, we were engaged and 20 months later we were married. Well, congratulations. Now, did you expect that at all when you first decided to go to Northwest University? I did not, brother. I, I was expecting to go to Northwest, study, um, learn more about how to, how to serve as a pastor in a church, uh, maybe have a great internship experience, enjoy the student life. Um, and at some point way down the road, uh, um, then I would, you know, get married eventually. Uh, but I didn't think that I would meet my wife on the first day of campus and, uh, be married as a very young man. Well, God's got an amazing sense of humor. So how old were the two of you when you first got married? I was 23 and Kelsey was 20, not even yet 21. She would turn 21 two months later. Good for you. It's funny, we've actually never met in person yet, although we have my dear friend and mentor Justin Mansfield, the program director of KPDQ and True Talk 800 in common, because Justin used to attend your church. So was that Gresham Bible? That's correct. Gresham Bible Church we moved down to Portland after we were both done with school so that I could continue my studies. And I ended up interning at a church in Gresham called Cornerstone Church with Pastor Barry Arnold. We were there, and that church loved us really well. Barry has been an excellent mentor to me and a good friend and a huge help in ministry. Their elders were a great encouragement um, when the time came, when they thought the time was right for me to uh, leave Cornerstone and plant a church, they, they just said, you know, Virgil, we believe in you. We're praying for you. We think you can do this. Um, and so I wasn't at Cornerstone long, man. Uh, I was there for um, less than a year before we announced that we would be leaving to plant Gresham Bible Church. That was 13 years ago. Oh, I love it. So when did God put it on your heart to become a lead pastor? When did you know he was calling you out? When I was 18, I was still in high school, um, but uh, very committed to Christ, had a growing relationship with the Lord, and I was a part of a church uh, in, in which I was growing. Uh, the, the preaching was faithful, it was clear, uh, it was accessible, um, the church was loving. It was just a great environment for me to grow. Uh, and so I, I grew a lot and grew to love the church and wanted to serve in more and more ways. But I was pretty content with being one of the brothers in the church without having any aspiration at all to being a pastor. Mostly because I thought that office was for the spiritually elite you know, for people who um, had this, you know, uh, high-level anointing from God. And I didn't, I didn't think that was me. Um, I didn't think that could be me. Uh, so that, that accounts for uh, me thinking that, you know, I, I could never do it and I, having a, a really strong sense of inadequacy. Well, uh, the pastor and the elders of that church uh, were super encouraging. Um, in fact, the pastor one day told me, Virgil, you are going to be a pastor. And this is before 
I thought that I ever would be a pastor. Um, ended up uh, through a series of events seeking God more and more and uh, submitting more and more to his will and wanting to fulfill his purposes for my life. Uh, and I reached a point one day where I said, uh, yes to God, uh, sincerely, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go, including, uh, serving as a pastor and, uh, started to lean into that a bit more and listen more to the spiritual leadership of my church. Um, and then it became very, very clear to me. Uh, what what had already been very clear to others that the pastoral ministry was something I should pursue, um, and so at uh, at nineteen, um, I decided that's that's what I wanted to do. I was in community college at the time. Uh, I found Northwest University, a school that offered an undergraduate degree in Bible and pastoral ministries, and uh, wrapped up my associate's degree and went straight there. Was your upbringing fairly church oriented, Virgil? I have the the I had the blessing of being brought up in a home where both of my parents loved the Lord with all their heart and uh, cherished the gospel and loved God's people. So my experience as a kid was um, uh, having the the model of uh, godliness and uh, uh, love for others uh, in my parents, in both my mom and my dad. And that was a huge help. Um, uh, folks are always super active in the church. Um, so yeah, yeah, strong church upbringing. So perhaps being a leader doesn't require you to be elite as much as obedient and letting God through his Holy Spirit empower you to do that which he calls you to do. We're looking forward to the launch of Redemption Church, and Pastor Virgil, as the lead of this brand new church, give me your elevator pitch, please. Why should I go to Redemption Church? Redemption Church exists for five primary uh, reasons. Well, first, let me give you the the, the big idea. We, we exist to spread the fame of Jesus Christ, and we're going to do that in five primary ways. Uh, first, we are seeking to bridge cultural and racial divides. Uh, we hope to bring all different kinds of people together around the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that our unity in Christ is a powerful witness to the unbelieving world. And we think that unity should be shown. It should be uh, displayed and it should characterize the church. And we're going to seek to do that with God's help. Second, uh, we are starting Redemption Church to love this city, to show the love of God to the city through acts of mercy. So we plan to seek the welfare of the city by caring for the weak and being a champion of the cause of the marginalized. Uh, third, we're starting Redemption Church to proclaim and display the good news of new life in Jesus Christ. Uh, so we're seeking to build a healthy and loving church that will faithfully declare the full counsel of God's word and and preach the gospel um, with boldness. Uh, fourth, we're starting Redemption Church to uh, see other local congregations strengthened 
It's our desire to start a new church that will be a blessing to other churches. So we're not driven to compete, but to serve. And we pray um, that the Lord will give us influence and open doors so that we can see neighboring churches around Redemption Church grow and flourish. And, And lastly, we're starting Redemption Church to prepare church planters for the ministry. We seek to be a training ground for those who aspire to be church planters. This is my second time planting a church, and I wanted to plant a church this time that would um, make good use of all of my experiences and, uh, by God's grace, the wisdom that I have so that I can pass that on to others who would then go out and plant churches wherever God would, would call them. And we're doing that with an internship program. So we have a church planting internship program that's six months long uh, for people who would like to explore what it would be like to plant a new church. Virgil Brown is the lead pastor of a brand new church launching Sunday afternoon at 4, September 13th in Northeast Portland. Don't miss the very first service of Redemption Church. More details are on the website, redemptionchurchpdx.org. That's redemptionchurchpdx.org. More with Virgil Brown next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with the lead pastor of a brand new church about to launch Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. That's September 13th in Northeast Portland. Don't miss Redemption Church. They'll be holding their services in the Berean Baptist Church, which is over on North Vancouver Avenue in Portland. So welcome back, Pastor Virgil Brown. Virgil, I have to ask you, being in a solid church-oriented family as a child— when did your faith become your own? I, yeah, I was brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, uh, uh, in loving churches, churches that had members that loved me really well, that were like family. Uh, and so I thought that because of that, that I was on great terms with God. I viewed Jesus as a hero. Um, as someone uh, to be admired, and myself as his friend, uh, not really as, you know, my savior and me as a sinner. Um, so that, that was my, my early childhood, the way I thought about church and the gospel and God. Uh, but I heard a message once on eternal judgment, and I was confronted with um uh, the the reality that in the end uh those who are saved and only those who are saved will spend eternity with Jesus uh, and those who who are not saved uh they won't and so it led me to ask some really good questions like well how do i know that i am a christian And it was really troubling, so much so that one night I couldn't sleep. I woke my mother up at like 2 a.m. And I told her 
about my, my problem and how troubled I was. And she told me what I had heard many times before, but that night God opened my heart to believe. She said, Virgil, there's only one way to be sure that you will go to heaven and be with Jesus. And she proceeded to tell me the gospel. And that night, for the very first time in my life, I saw myself as a sinner in need of a savior. And I asked Jesus to forgive me. And uh, by his grace, from that time forward, I was 10 years old at the time, uh, I have been walking with the Lord, uh, growing in my faith. I was baptized at 13, and uh, again, by God's grace, uh, have walked with the Lord ever since. And we're very excited that you are now the lead pastor of this brand new Redemption Church. Did it take a while for you to settle on a name with your staff? It it did. I had a, a name in mind, and I think you might find this hilarious. I, I wanted to name our church Antioch, because the church in Antioch in the book of Acts, chapter 13, is, uh, I think, uh, a, a wonderful example of everything we would like to be as a church. But that name was tested. And uh, a lot of people, when they heard the name Antioch, said, what is Ock, and why are you against it? <laughs> and so uh, we said, well, that, that's not the name we want to go with. Uh, let's find a name that is clear and uh, a name that says something about the gospel. And that's how we landed on redemption. That's so funny. I suppose, especially now, people might see Antioch and think Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just setting yourself up. <laughs> so here we are today, and one of the reasons I'm getting a kick out of you is the fact that you are a man of color, married to a beautiful white woman with four kids in order, girl, boy, girl, girl, and you've got a boy dog, which is pretty much the same as my house. Of course, you're an African-American and I'm American-born Chinese, but I'm really getting quite a big kick out of this. So next up, you need to get a cat. My daughter would love a cat. If the Virgil Brown house gets a cat, I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> so Virgil, in today's world, especially with all this political and racial unrest, how is it raising kids today in America? These days are heavy right now. And it's uh, this moment, this current moment. Um, I heard an older guy say recently, it's unlike anything he's ever seen. He's old enough to remember uh, the marches that occurred that were led by Dr. King. Uh, he lived through all of that. And uh, he, is, he has observed that the response to um, racial injustice currently is more widespread and uh, it's, it's stronger than what he saw uh, many years ago. Uh, I think because of that, uh, this national conversation, this moment that we're living in, um, it's, it's weighing on us differently. Uh, uh, it's causing us to think and to have uh, discussions with each other, to engage uh, in, in the topic of race and racism and reconciliation. 
uh, in ways that I think people haven't been willing to to do in the past. So as a parent and having four biracial kids, um, it has uh, led to them having more conversations with their friends and with others. But for us, it's something we've always been we've always been doing that in our home. I'm glad that you're going to be at the forefront of Northeast Portland with Redemption Church. And I hope and pray that the example that you and your wife, Kelsey, and your kids and your church body put forward indeed reach the community for Christ and show them a better way than what we might see on mainstream media lately. We're certainly hoping for that. Um, We are hoping to show that the gospel makes peace. It as Paul says in Ephesians 2, it tears down that dividing wall of hostility and it brings together people from different backgrounds. And not just different backgrounds, but people who maybe previously um, uh, hated each other. Uh, and God is able to bring peace into that situation and, and create a new community from two old communities. Uh, so we hope uh, that the Lord's uh, power would be on display uh, through the diversity and the unity of Redemption Church. Getting back to our earlier conversation, when you were leading Gresham Bible, eventually God seemed to give you a sense of release to move on from there. So tell us about your experience with Hinson Baptist and Michael Lawrence and the crew. Henson Baptist Church uh, welcomed me and my family in and showed us a lot of great hospitality. In doing so, they ministered the gospel to us. Um, I went to uh, my friend, uh, Michael Lawrence, and I told him about this stirring that I had from God and how I had been discerning that... um, uh, it would be good stewardship for me to plant another church um, and that I believe that Portland was a place to do that and that I needed help doing that and that I would want Henson Baptist Church to be the, the key partner sending church for us to do that work. Uh, he heard that and uh, pretty quickly expressed delight. Um, he needed to talk with the elders of Henson, so he did that. Uh, the elders were unanimous in having a conversation with me about it. We did that, had some interviews with their unanimous approval. I was then put forward to the congregation as a pastor elder at at, at Henson, uh, associate pastor for church planting. They had a member meeting a couple of months later after I preached a sermon there and the overwhelming response from the congregation was positive. So I was brought in, of course, to be sent out. Uh, While I was there at Henson, I went through their residency program. Michael Lawrence does a great job of leading a pastoral residency program. It's full-time. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of writing. You're really engaged in the life and ministry of the church, but it's so good for you. Uh, He invests a lot of time in that. So do the other pastors on staff. Um, and uh, again, it's something to do really well. So I did that with a number of other guys. And, uh, in addition to doing that, I was kind of like a, 
a hybrid, you know, pastor, elder, resident, and church planter. Um, so I was busy doing a lot of uh, partnership development for Redemption Church, working to, to get some of those foundational things in place for a new church plant. Um, and then I just, on Sunday, uh, preached my farewell sermon. Uh, so I got to preach one more time to Henson. And uh, we had a send-off the Sunday before with our core group that's helping us start the church. Uh, and you should know, uh, in addition to their um, encouragement and providing me with a place to land after I um, uh, left my old church um, and financial support as well, uh, two former elders at Henson are coming with me to start Redemption Church, as well as some other really wonderful people from their congregation, which we're so thankful for. So will Redemption Church be its own independent entity, or are there any continuing relations with Hinton Baptist or Gresham Bible or Cornerstone? We will always have association with those churches, but yeah, Redemption Church is an independent church. Sounds very exciting for your Sunday afternoon launch at 4 p.m. on September 13th in Northeast Portland. And the location is the Berean Baptist Church over on North Vancouver. So I'm just so tickled that you, Pastor Virgil, and Redemption Church are called out, and you're really going to make an impact for Christ in the Albina neighborhood. Are there names besides these two former Hinton Baptist elders coming alongside you? of brothers and sisters helping you launch this church that you'd like to say hi to? So really, really grateful that uh, my friend John Piferenta and his wife Ely um, are leaving Henson, a great church, to take a risk with me to start um, Redemption Church. The same goes for Ron and Becky Mars. Um, they have strong ties there. They're, they're coming with us as well. Steve and Liz Parks are a part of that crew. So are Eric and Julie Bailey. Wonderful, wonderful people. Um, uh, Patsy Sadler, longtime North Portland resident. Uh, and then there's others without ties to Henson. Uh, our very first um, intern uh, in our church planting uh, residency program, Matthew Lewis Hall and his wife Rebecca moved here from New Orleans. Uh, to help start Redemption Church and to learn. Uh, so he has begun his residency or his internship program with us. He'll be with us in that program for six months, and then he'll remain with us after that to continue growing uh, before he leaves at some point to start a new church where God would call. Uh, along with him, we have a brand new music director, Brandy Alberti, who's going to do an amazing job. Her and her husband, Andre, are terrific people. Uh, Phil and Shauna Berlin, also a great, great family. Um, uh, love the Lord, uh, deep roots in the community. Really, really happy to uh, have them on board uh, as well. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people behind the scenes helping to build up Redemption Church, launching Sunday afternoon, September 13th, 4 p.m. in Northeast Portland in the Berean Baptist Church building over on North Vancouver Avenue. Pastor Virgil Brown, thank you so much for answering the call, for launching this new church in the Albina District for such a time as this. What do we, the church, 
need to cling to as we move forward in these troubled times? I would say keep your eyes on Christ. Uh, right now, um, you know, people are dividing. And not just dividing, but um, I feel that our nation is becoming more polarized. Uh, and uh, we're not listening to each other. Um, we're canceling one another. Uh, and, and neither of those things is, is good for society. And it certainly uh, harms the witness of the church when churches um, act in that manner as well. So I would say cling to God's word. Believe what the Bible says about unity that Jesus Christ really can uh, bring different kinds of people together. And when I say unity, I'm not talking about uniformity. I'm not saying that our churches uh, are, are fine if, if everyone in our church kind of thinks the same and votes the same. No, no, I'm saying that through the gospel, we should be able, as Christians, uh, to be together and one with people who disagree with us politically. Uh, people who have different opinions about the right response to COVID or to schooling pods. Um, those, those types of things should not divide the church. Uh, they might divide others, but they, they, they're not significant enough to d- divide us. Uh, so we have to, you know, keep our eyes on Christ, disciple ourselves into unity. It's not passive. It's an active pursuit. Um, and remember that in the midst of so much division and so much disunity, there's a, a great opportunity for the church uh, to shine as light in the darkness. Um, and and I, I want to seize that, and I want to see other believers seizing that as well. I'm confident that you and Redemption Church will. Thank you so much, Lead Pastor Virgil Brown, for your time. And all the best with this new church plant. Details at the website, redemptionchurchpdx.org. That's redemptionchurchpdx.org. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers. Difference Makers.